Welcome to Be The Difference. Presented by Back to Back Ministries, celebrating 25 years being a voice for orphan and vulnerable children all around the world. We share stories of everyday people who are being the difference in the lives of others. I'm Sammy Matthews, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Cox, and a special guest today. We are joined by Beth Guggenberger, the co-executive director of Back to Back Ministries. I'm pretty in awe of the company that I'm in for this conversation, Sammy, that you brought Beth in. (laughs) I'm grateful, though, because I think this is a really important topic for us to address of how people can be the difference. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about women in roles of leadership, particularly in the church. And we've got a couple different guests this month we're going to talk to. But Beth, we wanted to bring you on because you're actually writing a book about women in leadership right now. Why is that the next topic for your book? Yeah, I was just joking with my editor the other day because the last book I wrote was about spiritual warfare. So I said, what's could possibly be harder than writing a book about the devil oh a book about women like (laughs) it's been it's been a challenge and it's been a subject i have i've not necessarily avoided in smaller settings i've talked about it but um it hasn't been a platform or even a hill i wanted to die on Uh, i've said many times in lots of settings that a lot of the conversation about women and leadership centers around authority and if I had to choose between authority and influence, I'd pick influence every time. And that's not something anybody can give or take away. And so I've just always been cautious about adding my voice um, and what the way it would sound. But I just felt like it was time I was, you know, the last 25 years I've been watching emerging generations feel like, man, there's no place inside of the Christian evangelical community for me to exercise my gifts. I'm gonna go out of the here where the world is beginning to recognize what women can do in leadership. And I just, I want to change the conversation as much as I can to make room for whomever, whatever their gender, whatever their gifts, to be able to do all that God's called them to. Has this been a secret that you're <laughs> writing this book? Or have you started to put this out to the public? And if so, what's the response that you're getting? Yeah, it was kind of a secret, um, mainly because I wanted to just go into a foxhole with Jesus and hear his voice first before I started letting other people influence my thinking. I mean, of course they're influencing my thinking. I've read lots of books of my own, you know, of people who've had various positions and theses and, but I, I, and then I finally put something on uh, my social media platforms about a, a verse in Genesis chapter two. And basically the thesis of what I've been thinking about is Genesis one and two is how God created man and woman to work together and then Adam and Eve ate the apple and we have Genesis 3 and all the all the the cost of their choices and the curse and the fall and all the stuff that we talk about and it feels like we've based all of our thinking and theology and doctrines and denominations and politics and based on Genesis 3 and beyond when what if we just backed it up a little bit and tried to think about how did he originally create us and recreate as best as we can Eden like experiences mm. and when I talked about some of the Hebrew words that are behind that and what I think God was trying to say in Genesis one and two, there's been a, um, a reaction as you can imagine. And I think it's probably going to only increase as, as the work is published. But I've been in, I've been mostly encouraged by how intuitive believing men and women are to, it makes sense that if women are made in God's image, that he's got He's got a, a more robust 
and fuller intention for them um, than maybe we have traditionally allowed. Mm. I don't know if I said that politically correct, but I was trying. <laughs> I'm practicing still. When you think about like some of that reaction, like yeah. you said like, as you can anticipate, there was some reaction yeah. because people have big feelings yes, about do. this topic. Mm-hmm. And we have a long history with figuring out how these roles work together, if they work together, what each person fulfills. When you think back on the examples you saw as a child mm-hmm. of women in leadership, particularly in the church or in evangelical spaces, were there examples you looked to? Yes, yes and no. Like I think what I really appreciate, I'm I'm going to be try to be as balanced and nuanced as possible that we have different temperaments, we have different cultures in this story. We have we have all kinds of factors like there's not one way that women are supposed to be and and women get to make their own arrangements between them and God, them and their spouse, them and their faith community and certainly there's no prescription on how women should be and and not every woman is called into leadership. Um, so just trying to make room for that. So as I've been thinking about all of the layers to the conversation, I found myself most encouraged by examples, not necessarily of women at the height of their field or at the top of an org chart, but examples of men and women who made room for people to grow and made room for people to express themselves and to try things and risk and, 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 it's the room makers that are that have made the biggest impression on me and and the contrast between people who make room and the people who who don't and so i think one of the things one of the best action steps that i'm going to have going forward is not to try to be the biggest leader or the loudest voice or the best example but to be someone who just keeps opening up space like you're invited to the table come into the room i want to hear your voice what are you thinking? I think that's probably the most powerful thing we can do. With this topic, I think, comes a lot of reflection and regret mm-hmm. from maybe even a male culture that is going to read or listen or, yeah. or react. And as we um, share the conversations that we've recorded for this month, we're going to hear a little bit of that even from some of our guests of what they were faced with. Do you have a word or a thought for how all of us, mm-hmm. just in general, should set our minds as we're engaging in a topic like genders in leadership, multi-ethnic approach, anything that comes yeah. to us awakening, do you have an encouragement to us in a mm-hmm. mindset we should take? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cliches out there, like when you know better, do better. And mm. But I think, I think two things that have struck me is one is I've watched, I just had my 50th birthday, so I've watched Happy my birthday. thank you. I've watched my own theology in all kinds of areas, Holy Spirit and missiology and what all kinds of areas grow and evolve over time. And I am not the same person I was 15 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. As I've had as I've grown with the Lord, I've interacted in fellowship with other people. Like my faith is has swollen. And so if someone's like, "Man, I cannot believe I ever taught that, thought that, did that." Like there is a lot of grace for God who sees that we're on a journey and we know in part, so we act in part, but then we know more so we can act more. And and so just encouraging people to keep stretching their frame. And I think the second word I would have is, I've been using this word metabolize. Like don't just take somebody's teaching, whether it's mine or your churches or your dad's or your sister's or whoever, like your favorite podcast or like, 
like whatever, like before you metabolize it, make sure it's really what you think God said Mm -hmm. and not something that made sense to someone at a certain time or somebody told them who told them who told them, but they're not really sure where they, they're not necessarily feeling conviction over it. Like, I think I, at times in my life, I've metabolized someone else's position, which is not the same thing as God's truth. Mm. And so um, just that kind of like pause. And Chris, I appreciate you being in the conversation because I wrestled with, am I writing a book for women about women? Okay, maybe, except that if only women think about women, like we're kind of in the same place. Right. <laughs> um, so how do we... How do we make room in the conversation for men in a way that it's, I keep saying it's an and conversation, not an or. It's not women or men or women over men or women better than men or women more than men. It's actually just a women and men. We just get to have the and in there. And so we need men in the conversation just because we need the iron sharpens iron. We need Mm -hmm. the, how does this sound to you? And what is the Lord telling you? And the whole beginning of Genesis 1 and 2 is that, you know, like the rabbis talk about male and female as two planks that, that prop up against each other, forming like a V. And if one of those planks comes down, the other one is going to fall. And so women can't just have these conversations with themselves. We need right. to have you as the other side of that plank so that um, we can more fully reflect who God is and what he's thinking. So mm. anyway, listening audience, you can pray for me. This is harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, so when do you think we could read it, see it on shelves? <laughs> yeah, it'll be due here before the end of the year um, to the publisher. And then we spend, a, in book publishing, you spend about a whole year working on it, marketing it, cleaning it up, getting it printed and typeset. So about this time next year, we'll have it uh, hopefully in people's hands. Well, thank you for the preview <laughs> and for lending your voice to this conversation this month about women in leadership. We're going to talk to Michaela White. She is the executive director of the International Children's Ministry Network, and actually a personal friend of yours as well, Beth. Absolutely. We're going to hear about her experience stepping into the role of executive director and some of the challenges she faced, some of her heart behind why she chose to step into that role. And then we're going to talk to Steve and Kelly Carr. They are the founders of Echo Church. And originally, Steve was the lead pastor, but in recent years, Kelly has stepped up into that lead pastor role, which as I think about connections you have, Beth, you've had the experience of lead pastor at a church as well. Um, which I think you would agree doesn't come without challenge. I'm sure she's got all kinds of things God's been teaching her in that. Yes, so we're going to get to hear both of those experiences, dialogue about what we're learning and how these women who have gone before can be room makers and how we all can as well. So thank you, Beth, for joining us today and listen to the two episodes we have this month on Women in Leadership.